welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 36. I'm your host, Elizabeth Collins, and I'm very, very pleased to welcome back on the show Francis Glass from Animal Liberation Victoria, Animal Liberation Youth. Welcome back to the show, Francis. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, everyone. How are you going? I'm very, very good. How are you? I'm pretty good, too. Excellent. Well, I got you back on the show um, pretty much straight away because I wanted to address a couple of comments that um, I think are really good things that we should be discussing. Um, I want to thank Karen uh, for leaving these comments um, on the website there. And um, she had basically said that she was concerned about non-vegans handing out vegan literature representing abolition. And she also mentioned targeting specific um, institutions such as KFC. And so um, before I uh, let you get a word in edgewise, I just want to say that I was thinking a little bit after our last episode and after I read what Karen said, and you know, I'm very critical um, I've been very critical of the of the um, big group down here for having vegetarian um, leaders. They have leaders of their you know uh, chapters who are vegetarians, and I realized that I was actually being unfair to them because you know they promote vegetarianism. I mean, so why am I surprised that they don't tell their members you need to go vegan? So I would like to just say that that might have been a little naive of me. Um, I just want to say that for me. I think that Karen has a valid point with regard to an advocate talking about veganism who's not vegan, but I also do love the idea of non-vegans who are considering veganism or who have just woken up to this whole overwhelming issue, which when you first wake up to it can just be utterly mind-blowing, I know it was for me, and being surrounded by activists who are vegan, who are promoting vegan and learning from them. So I think that that is a really positive thing. But um, I am, I do think that Karen made a good point and I would just like to ask you, what do you think about the idea that, um, and I've never been part of a group or, you know, there's really no abolitionist groups that I know of who are, I mean, we have dotted people all over the world. We have, you know, Adam and Omaha and we have me in New Zealand and Vish and, and Wellington, me and William in Auckland. So it's like, usually it's like a very small group of people. You guys are pretty much the only big, apart from the Spanish uh, community who do have a lot of big organizations, you know, you're the only kind of organization. What would you think about, I mean, I'm not sure what Karen was saying. I think that maybe what she was suggesting, and I don't want to misquote her, but was that you would tell people, look, if you want to hand out our literature and you want to represent us, you have to go vegan first. I'm not really sure if that's what she meant. What do you reckon? You mean, you mean that's what she was suggesting we should do? Well, the, what, what Karen literally said was that she found it dis, um, concerning that I mean, you've probably read the comment that um, yeah, there are, yeah, yeah, that there are non-vegans handing out vegan literature, and she would be worried that they would, because if a member of the public said, "Oh, you know, what what is all veganism all about?" and the person said to the member of the public, "Well, I'm actually not vegan," that it might be a confusing message. So, yes, yeah. Well, um, definitely, like a valid point raised by Karen, and it's, like it's an issue for me as well, and and for. Well, for all of us, because obviously, you know, we're standing there, we're, we're promoting veganism. So it's a bit um, strange or, um, you know, it is an issue having someone that's that's just vegetarian um, there. So what what we do is obviously if we're going to have these people come along that aren't aren't vegan, we'll talk to them about it and see where they stand and see what sort of, um, you know, what how I, I guess what what's what their stance is on, on veganism. And obviously, if they say like, oh, it's too far, we're going to say, well, hang on a minute. And, you know, we'll talk them through it. But 
So the people that have been that because we're a youth group in these the KFC demonstration, the, we're talking about like 15 year olds here that still live at home with their parents who aren't um, aren't vegetarian or anything, and they might have only gone vegetarian in the last couple of months, and they've woken up to that, and they want to go vegan, but it's not. Well, it is. It's definitely possible, but it's a big it's a big thing for their families to come to terms with. And it's a big thing, big thing for them to uh, to get their lives to to because it is a lifestyle. Like it's it's the way you look at things all throughout your life and everything that goes on in the world. Yeah, I I think you have a I think that that's interesting. I actually didn't realize um, that that there was that that the KFC thing was with like fifteen year olds. But obviously it should be because you organize the youth. I think that I understand what you're saying. It's like they have the opportunity, they have the ability to say no, I'm not eating that. But they are dealing with external forces and control situations that I personally am not dealing with. When I want to go to the supermarket, I buy what I want. I don't have to tell my mother what to buy. So I understand, and I actually have a very good friend, William, who is. I mean, he's he's totally vegan and he tells his mother I'm not eating that and he does that but he does have to deal with the fact that they're not vegan and he's living in a a non-vegan environment whereas I'm not so that is something and I know these kids can do it but it's an added um, it's an added um, aspect that I personally don't have to deal with and I can see that you know it would be a challenge to be 15 and to have to constantly tell your mother well I'm either going to cook for myself or I'm you know or you know I'm not eating that so yeah what it, what it is it's sort of like they've they've got the mindset and that's how they're looking at things it's just translating that into their um actions if you know what I mean so like I, I was speaking to one girl her name's Shamla I'm sure she won't mind me um mentioning her name and she's her, her whole family's vegetarian and she's been raised vegetarian and so when she went but when she went vegan or tried to go vegan um and she's still sort of in the process of doing this. It, they were sort of like, oh, so why are you doing that? And it's like, because I care about animals. And they're like, hang on, but we care about animals. And then, you know, she explains that to them. And they still use a lot of cheese. And so, like, it's just her um, – it's just them sort of – they've got the mindset and they're, they're perfectly with us in the, in the frame of mind. But it's um, – they just haven't totally made the step as far as, as, far as they're um, – their actions go, if you know what I mean. And also, and also, like when we do do the demonstrations, we have there'll be myself there and the other coordinators. And we always say at the start, we do a sort of brief and say, if anyone comes up with any questions, please, you know, refer them to us. If you're not comfortable answering them, and if if you do feel comfortable answering them, like you know, we have a big discussion about what we would say to people if they ask this or ask that, or you know, so they're they're very much briefed on. Um, you know what they should say to the public and how they should deal with to, with questions and stuff. Okay, so let me ask you: um, out of these, um, now you haven't really been organising this. You've kind of just taken over this 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 task of getting this youth sort of ch- uh, organisation together and really sort of taking it on and making things happen. How long have you been doing that for again? Since April. Yeah, so not very long. So you pro- you might not be able to answer this next question, which is fine. But um, have you had um, any of these advocates that were living at home with their parents who were resistant to the idea or who were, you know, a little bit um, – because, um, I mean, I know you still live at home. Of course, you're 18, so you are technically by law, I believe, considered an adult. But I still feel like, um, you know, um, you do – 
you know, you're not the one who uh, is controlling all of the income and all of the products that go into the house. Um, so you do have to open the fridge and see milk there, which I imagine is not very pleasant. But these, have you had anybody um, of your youth group who has actually made the transition while they've worked with you guys? Uh, well, this Shamla girl is make, she's just making a transition. She was in my sister's philosophy class that I spoke to last week. I'm sure I told you about that, didn't I? Yes, yes. Yeah, she's just sent me an email and saying how, uh, well, I'll just, I'll quote it actually. She says, since you came and talked to our class, I've decided to get more serious about it. And I'd also like to learn how to convince people that being a vegan isn't a drastic step. And it, But I don't want to be too forward and aggressive. And goes on to talk about how people think she's elitist or she's going too far or whatever. Uh, but that's the thing because she hasn't come into contact with people that are um, – because none, none so few people promote veganism. It's all vegetarianism if you want to help animals. So people that, most people that do want to help animals and, and are willing to go vegetarian or whatever, they'll, and then they meet a vegan and they'll say, well, isn't that going a bit too far? In response to, but it's in response to what they've been told by groups that say care about animals, you know. Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's – they've got to – because vegetarianism has been out there as a way to help animals for so long, and, and so has veganism, but it hasn't had the exposure, I guess. And so, no, it, mm, it yeah, hasn't. These people are just these kids are coming up and and figuring out that it is the way to go, and it is the only way that you can eliminate contributing yourself to um, animal exploitation. And we're helping them. I'm, I'm not. I'm not being very clear. I don't know. I'm, no, that's okay. Don't worry. I think that you are. I think that um, I understand that it's a youth group. Now, I myself – see, the thing is I don't know what it's like to be um, in an organization the way you are. It's a new thing to me because all the abolitionists I know, they're just individuals like me because we really, we really don't have – you know. and I know – and I, I mean I – I just want to, I just want everybody to do veganism, vegan activism in their own life. But I think that you have enlightened us a little bit as to the fact that these are all 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds who still live with their parents and that you are helping them. And I do like the idea. I do like the idea that there are, are non-vegans who are trying to go vegan, which sounds so wrong because it really is not hard at all. But we know the social constrictions. We know the family constrictions. I personally um, can empathize with your work. I love what, everything that you're doing. I think that we need to make it very, very clear that as abolitionists, we do not support the promotion of vegetarianism. We object to groups having vegetarians and non-vegans as part of the organization without educating them to be vegan. And we have to be cautious about people who say, I really, really want to help. I'm not vegan. Um, I really want to hand out your literature. We have to. We do have to um, you know, make very, very clear to them that, look, if you want to help animals, you should go vegan. Now, if I was dealing with adults, I think I would say, who weren't living at home, who didn't have their mother and their father to deal with, I would say, look, go vegan, then come back to me. And then we can, then you can hand out some stuff, but take some stuff anyway. But I, you know, because the thing is, if you give somebody literature and they go and talk about it to people and they're not vegan yet anyway, you're still kind of taking that risk. But I think that, um, you know, it's, it's it, the thing that's so difficult for us is we're fighting against this incredible counterproductive vegetarian promotion that's happening from these groups. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, like, I'm very lucky myself because I've got two sisters and they're both vegan, and most things in the house. The only thing that's in the house that isn't vegan is a little bit of cheese for mum, and um, and she has milk with her tea. 
and that like that's you know it's not good but but like she, you know she'll buy anything and, and she cooks vegan all the time and it's, it's great and so I think even I'm I feel because well, I'll talk to talk to my friends and people I meet through AOY and and it is it for me it's just like what do you mean like it's too hard to go vegan like it's easy but I'm I'm I, ha- I have to keep reminding myself how lucky I am to have um, that that sort of family attitude, the attitude within my family. Because a lot of people who I do speak to, for example, a friend of mine, Chris, his parents are very much sort of like you can't. They won't even accept vegetarianism really, and and he wants to go vegan, but like his parents literally wouldn't allow him to be. Like I, it, it's very difficult, and it's something that like I would encourage him to really to really push with his parents, and something that he really needs to do because. It's such he, he's going to have to rebel, yes, unfortunately. Yes. It's really not fair to make your child rebel. It definitely isn't. But, but yeah. like, I, I only feel that I can, I can push him to, to do that. I, can, I only feel that I can say I, – I don't feel that I can say, look, you're being unethical because um, you're not vegan in, in your house because if he, if he was to do that, it would be causing a huge – a huge um, rift with with between him and his mum and dad, and that's it's different when he's independent. But if you're still living at home and still at school, you know, do you know what I mean? It's a process. No, I understand completely. It's a process, and you don't want to like shut him out exactly. and say, "Well, I can't help you. You can't you can't hang with me, kid, because exactly. you're unethical. Because you're you know you're not rebelling. Um, all you can do is be a real support system. What I tried to do." Um, especially um, like even with William, like with his school, I wanted the school, I wanted William to know that he could count on me. And and also because he's only 15 and I want him to, um, I want his parents to know that I'm not some kind of, you know, weirdo who's like corrupting their kid's mind or who's like some kind of predator or something. I always say, you know, they can call me anytime. I'm like, here's my phone number. Your mother can call me anytime if she thinks that this is some kind of strange thing because we have to educate the world. We have to educate the parents. And um, so I think that you can't cut this kid off. Um, uh, You know, that's the wrong thing to do. Um, The only way for this kid to go vegan in this household apparently is to absolutely rebel and say, I'm not eating that. I'm not wearing those shoes. I'm not doing this. And um, hopefully eventually we would be able to um, support him enough so that his parents could you know, put up with the rebellion. I mean, it's not like he's doing drugs exactly. or, you know, or even if it's so. But for some, for some parents, it, it almost seems like it's worse to be vegan than, than to be on, on drugs or. Oh my God. It's just, it's, oh my God. it's crazy. I can't. Yeah. You know, I, I love, um, vegan freaks podcast have a lot of young people who listen to them and they have a lot of young people who are dealing with these kinds of things. Um, who are at school who cannot get a school lunch. That's vegan. Um, whose parents don't make them vegan food and who are only 14 or 15. So this is a really big issue and it's and a lot of times it's really hard for us older people, um, you know, independent people to really relate to what it's like to be fighting every single mealtime with your mother. Um, you have to rebel. I mean, you have to actually rebel and um, I think that we do need to be a support system for them. But we also have to educate the parents and I just, you know, 
I really, really always want to do that. Like I really, if I, you know, if I like somehow or other meet some other young people, like really young people, like, you know, I also want, want these kids to realize and I want to let them know that, you know, because parents can be very, very protective and they're very misinformed. I mean, I know nurses who think that you have to eat animal products. <laughs> these are nurses, trained nurses. And so it's, it's just astonishing. So for you, I cannot, I can't relate because when I went vegan, I was an adult. Yes. And it, but it's for parents as well. Like it is about, it's sometimes it's, it's probably a combination of both. And some, for some parents, it's more, more on one side, some parents it's more on the other side, but it's a combination of protectiveness. And also I think it can be seen as a threat, as a threat to well, to them, because they've, they've brought up their kid eating, eating animal products. And then the kid turns around and says, this is wrong. I, this, I think this is absolutely abhorrent and I can't believe we do this and I'd never want to do it again. And this is, this is something that the mother and father have, have done in most cases, have done all their life. And if, you know, like that, that can, it really can affect, can affect the way they feel, um, as far as doing the right thing by that child. Do you know what I mean? I agree. Oh, no, I absolutely agree. My own mother um, is um, not a vegan and um, uh, won't talk to me about it. And I really try to make it clear. We never, she won't just, she just kind of shuts off. But it's not, a, it's not, I think that she's taking it personally. Because, yes. you know, she is a loving, loving mother. She you know, really thought that she was doing the right thing by feeding me meat and, and lots of cheese and, and go and have some cheese and crackers was like whenever I was hungry, that's healthy and, you know, all these things. And um, I know that somewhere in the back of her mind is a kind of hurt, like a rejection and like a judgment, like, oh God, something else you're judging me on because we went through, I mean, I'm 36, so she's been through the teenage years with me and all this stuff. And I do think that they feel very threatened and they feel accused and they feel um, like it's unappreciative. Um, but you know what? Unfortunately, the reality is reality. So if we can help these kids, help their parents um, to, um, you know, I love these kids going vegan because they do influence their parents. William is doing amazing things at home. He's got a peaceful prairie posters <laughs> everywhere. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, so, like we stuck, um, if you love animals, don't eat them on the back of the car. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That is really cool. And one of the kids I was talking to, again, we told, what, do, do I tell you about how ALV is doing the vegan challenge? Ah, uh, no, no. You have to catch me up on that. Okay. So what we're doing is in, in November, it's World Vegan Day on the 1st of November. And so we're um, advertising like a 30-day vegan easy challenge to show how easy it is to go vegan. And um, Oh, yeah, I saw that on your website when I went on the front page. Yes. Yeah, so check out the website, anyone that's listening, um, to check out that. And it's with an emphasis on not – yeah, with an emphasis on how easy it is and how great the food is. And one of the kids I was talking to who's going vegan at the moment, and she's young, was saying, you know, like, that's a great idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get my family to do it. I'm trying to get my mom and dad and, and my sister and, you know. so It's it, something they can do together for fun. Exactly. But some parents won't. It, you know, they'll they will take it too personally, but and that's. 
I know. Yeah. I have a friend, Nick, in Canada. Nick, if you're listening, he's a jazz musician. He's a drummer. I totally worship him because I just love jazz, and drummers are my favorite musicians. But anyway, he's 15. He lives with his mother, and there are issues. Um, and um, they're what the most of the major, the most important issue is this horrible myths like you said when you're talking about when you're talking to these kids when you went into the presentation at your sister's school of the you know the the horrible myths that are perpetuated that you're going to be you know like I was at I was at work the other day I'm quite tall for a girl I guess and I've all my life had really low blood pressure all my life and I've gotten dizzy when I stand up really quick ever since I was a kid and it's just part of being tall and it's part of having low blood pressure and what did the girl say to me you need more iron I'm like my iron is tip-top, baby. <laughs> I'm like, it's not the iron. That's a typical response from anyone or from most people is if you say, if you're, if you're vegan or even if you're vegetarian and you say, um, you know, you have a health problem of any kind, the first response will be you need more iron or, or even just like you need to eat some meat. Like we're, that's what we're dealing with. Like total misconception. Absolutely. And that's what these kids are dealing with. These kids are dealing with their parents' terror that their kids are going to, and there's these horrible stories that go out there. And, I, and I'll tell you one thing. I know three people in my life who've had proper 100% anemia. And I mean like hospital diagnosed anemia where, you know, a lot of people say I'm anemic, I'm anemic, but they're really not. I know three people who really were. They were rabid meat eaters, all three of them. Yeah. It's incredible. And my vegetarian friends, it was her mother. She's she's not vegan, she's vegetarian, but it was her mother who had it. She's vegetarian and she didn't have it. So, you know, well, I can relate to, I think it's wonderful that you're helping these kids. Um, I hope that that sort of helped um, respond a little bit to... Um, to what was raised, um, I do. I think that you very clearly understand, Francis. I mean, this is what I get: is you very clearly understand that you know when you're representing abolitionist veganism, you're representing veganism, you're representing the end of animal youth. Um, the fact that you're working with 15-year-olds and 14-year-olds who are still living at home is another dimension, which is uh, wonderfully important, majorly important. They're our future. They're the vegan future that we want. So. Um, but I will say that as an adult, if I meet other adults who want to really jump on board, I am going to say to them, you need to go vegan and there's no excuses. If you think it's hard, I'll coach you through it and this is how you do it. I'm not going to forbid them from hanging out with me or, you know, helping me do stuff. If they want to help me carry stuff, if they want to help me, if they want to help me, I'm like, I need help. I'm trying to look for a table that I can carry, you know, on the bus and um, if somebody wants to help me, that's fine. But I will be very much um, stressing to them that wait, if you really want to help and you don't want to, you know, you don't even have to carry this table. Just go vegan. You don't have to give money. It would be nice if you gave money to Peaceful Prairie, for example. It would be nice if you wore a sticker saying I'm vegan. But if all of that stuff is too much, go vegan. And then if I never see you again and you never lift a finger again, just go vegan and that is what we want. So I think that um, that that is definitely the message that you're that you're giving out there. And um, you know, we need more young people like you doing this. And these teenagers, these 15, 16 year olds, when they finally get independent, when they finally rebel, when their parents finally give up, when they you know they flat out refuse to 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 do it, and they they get they get into that. They are going to be the future who is going to help other people. And the fact that you're 18 and you're helping them, because you know I'm 36, so I'm kind of like an old woman to them. <laughs> but um, that's why I love William, because he's he's doing it at his school. Yeah. And they have to deal with peer pressure. They have to deal with ridicule. 
um, even more than an adult. So props to all teenage vegans. I mean, do you do you get a lot of um? There's a, are there a lot of ads on TV? Do you have like a meat and livestock council or something in New Zealand? Yeah, I mean, New Zealand is animal agriculture. New Zealand is sheep farming and dairy farming. It's our pride and joy. Well, you have the New Zealand ice cream store that I always remember going to as a kid. Yep, I mean, I um, we're very proud of our animal exploitation. I mean, it's what makes us. You go to Europe, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, New Zealand lamb." You know, New Zealand mussels, New Zealand beef, wool, New Zealand carpets, New Zealand, you know, wool. Um, and the the lifestyle, it's like this rugged outdoor, like I'm a real man, you know, very tough um, kind of lifestyle. Anybody in New Zealand has farming in their family unless you're a new immigrant. You just you just do. My I have direct family members who are fully hands-on involved in animal agriculture and um, that's why I really love talking to somebody because it's the same in Australia, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't – It's. it might not be as – like, you know, not everyone has farming heritage because I think there's, there could be a lot – well, the population's a lot bigger and there's a lot more um, immigrants, I think. I'm not sure. But, oh, I'm sure there is. Yeah. But anyway, so we, we've got these ads. You know Sam Neill, the actor? Oh, they've been making fun of him. He's a Kiwi. They've been killing him for those ads. Oh, good. Um, yeah, because he's on these ads and it's eat red meat because we're meant to eat it and, and it's, you know, him with the family and talking about nutrients, blah, 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 blah. And we, a, a group of people have been writing, complaining about this ad, some new ad that they've brought out and they've actually cancelled it. They're, they're, a Bureau of Advertising have cancelled it. So that's that's really good news. But um, just back on the peer pressure thing and there's also, also this other ad but for um, Ingham Chicken. And the ad is uh, just this woman. It's this woman and she she's saying, like, if, if, um, if you don't like chicken, there's something very wrong with you and repeats that about five times throughout the ad and goes through all the ways in which you can convince people that you're normal and, there's, you know, you can have a, a fried chicken smell deodorant and you can pack your freezer with empty boxes of chicken to pretend that you do like chicken because it's abnormal not to like chicken. And so... I just, you know, and we I've complained about that, but they, they just said it was lighthearted humor. But that's a huge thing for young people. Like when you go to school and people that don't, uh, aren't that open-minded and you say you're, you don't eat chicken or you don't, you know, you're vegan. They'll be like, but what do you mean? What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, because that's what, that's, it's, it's just like, it's one thing for it to be advertised everywhere, but it's usually advertised in the sense that like meat is good, um, you know, animal products are good. But in this, it was actually saying people that don't eat chicken are weird and you ought to pretend like you do because otherwise there's something very wrong with you. I met like, I just imagine being, you know, 13 or one of, one of the kids, he's actually helping coordinate the group, AY, Jack, he's 13 and he's vegan and he, um, I can't imagine what he, you know, kids at his school would say to him or, or think about him being vegan when everywhere they look, there is advertising for me. But especially there's an ad on saying, you know, if you're donating chicken, there's something very, very wrong with you. 
It's yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Um, I think that these young kids can help each other. So in other words, this 13-year-old vegan, I mean, his family might be more cooperative than the others, but he can definitely um, help them. And there's a book. Um, I'm going to put a poster book, and I can't remember the exact name, and I don't want to go searching and everything, but Vegan Freaks had – there's a fifth, there's a vegan – teenager in America who wrote a book it's called Generation V and it's how to be vegan teenagers so this this will help these kids but you see that's the kind of thing and now that almost makes me wonder that they're starting to combat you know vegetarianism and veganism actively combat it so we need more vegans and that's the bottom line because we need ads on TV that say you know, it's because in reality, as you and I know, Francis, it's actually really abnormal for us to be eating animal products and doing what we do. Um, it's terrifying to me that that ad is out there and that 13 and 14 year olds are watching this um, who are already going through enough problems. They've got maybe they've got their first pimple or maybe they're you know, going through, you know, puberty, and it is a, it's horrific, and McDonald's targets children, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken targets children, it all targets children, and they're our future, so, um, the problem is, is that they're still living at home with their parents, so we do, we, we need to educate the whole spectrum, but, um, that's a terrible ad, and in fact, there's an ad in Spain that is the same kind of thing. And um, there was a group, Igualdad Animal or Animal Equality, who have done a wonderful video combating that particular spin. It was exactly the same thing as what you're talking about. It was a family sitting around, and they were all having dinner, and the mother was a vegetarian, of course not a vegan, because that doesn't even exist in our you know commercial world yet. And they were totally and utterly um, just ridiculing the veganism. They were, they were only eating lettuce. Okay, and then in the ad, they, you know that sound that, that sound like the angels make, like when the light comes on, we're like, oh you know those God, movies. Yes. Okay, they walk to the meat section of the grocery store and that sound that, and it was like, da da da. And so these guys um, did a wonderful video um, combat, they had to directly combat that ad, but, but Spanish TV won't show their ad, I won't show their combat. So we are up against, it's, you know, we're like really, really up against some huge opposition in terms of advertising. And um, that's why, you know, we have to make more vegans because the more vegans we make, then we start to have vegan advertisement producers. We start to have vegan musicians. We start to have vegan, you know, writers, producers, um, company owners. I mean, we need a vegan world. So these guys have all the power right now. That's why I don't really understand how people don't get that. How are we going to go to the top politicians with our little 1% or whatever we are you know, this is the kind of thing we're up against. I mean, ethically, to me, that ad that you just talked about is horrific. It is. It's it's like you cannot even even if you if, if it wasn't about meat, I don't think you can ever say if you don't if you don't use this product, then there's something very wrong with you. You can't say that to a child. Regardless, like that's that's forgetting all the issues that go along with with meat. But you can't say to a kid like it's hard enough. They're already thinking, oh, I need this, I need that, I need this to to be normal or to be cool. And if you say you can't, you know, there's something very wrong with you if you don't use this product. That's 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 crazy, and I can't believe that they the the advertising bureau respond with, oh, it's lighthearted, get it, you know. Stop taking everything so seriously. Yeah, and that's how they responded to your objections to it, yeah? Mm -hmm. 
Well, good on you for object, you know, going out there and objecting. I mean, money talks. I used to work in advertising. I was a sound engineer in advertising, and and when I before right before I left um, the the United States, and it's it is um, a soulless world. Um, and it's quite sad because there's a lot of really creative people in advertising and there are a lot of amazing musicians in advertising and amazing artists and graphic designers and all this incredible talent. And if we could just get them to, to advertise to, veganism, to advertise veganism <laughs> we would make, oh my God, because you know I respect the people that I worked with in terms of their talent. You know, and I don't, I don't like to point finger at that. You know, when I say it's a soulless world, it's because of money, you know, you know, money, money corrupts. And so, um, but it is, advertising is incredibly powerful. I've sat in on bull sessions, you know, I know it's only about selling. People forget everything but the sell and the ethics mean nothing. The ethics mean absolutely nothing. And, you know, if my, bo- if my boss, Jonathan, is listening to this, I mean, which he won't. But, you know, he was an incredible artist and he has ethics. And it's not to say that it's – what I mean is when you're in that room and you're trying to do your thing. And as humans, we're very creative and we're very involved and we want to, like, make that – it has to be the right shade of green, the right shade of green. And then you forget, like, look, you know, with this right shade of green, I'm promoting – horror and I'm promoting you know they don't even think about that they just it's it's all about using their creativity and um, there are some really creative creative people in the world who just want to be creative they just want to be creative they want to get up every day and they want to do art and unfortunately the only way they can make money doing that is by doing art for I don't know the butter or the meat or you know something like that so that's why it's about the consumerism that's why it's about making the the product, you know, the consumers change because these artists would instantly switch to doing incredibly creative, funny ads about the the vegan cheeses. Like, I would love to see competition between the vegan cheeses. This vegan cheese is more sticky, and that, you know, <laughs> they would throw their all into it. They're artists, so it's you know, we can we can change that. It's not that I don't know enough about capitalism, socialism, but um, I think I'm a socialist, but. These artists, they just want to be artists. But right now, the only way they can make money is by promoting the majority of animal agriculture. And why is that? Because 90%, 99% of the world consume these products. That's why if we could just wake you know, enough people up to that, we could really make a difference. We could. Um, I just want to go back to that the influencing children thing. And I remember this week I read about uh, Peter is doing this campaign and you, you know how I feel about Peter and I know how you feel about Peter. So let's not go into that, but they, they have this campaign called, it's like a cruelty campaign against McDonald's. And apparently they have been handing out unhappy meals to children and the inside they've got uh, fake bloody rubber chickens and they have pictures of, um, you know, what chickens, what animals have to go, well, it's actually just because it's Peter, it's just chickens, what chickens have to go through um, to, you know, to become a product at McDonald's. And they're handing these things out to children. And there's this big complaint by parents about it. And I'd like to know what you, if you think that's putting aside the, what they're actually saying, but if you think that tactic is a, um, an ethical one. Okay, well, that's a good question. Um, well, 
I'll just explain what they were actually doing. Like, it's the same thing they did with KFC. They're saying that they're forgetting all the, the cows and everything else, that every other animal that slaughtered it from McDonald's. They're just saying gas to chickens instead of um, slaughtered. Oh, it's about the gassing? Mm-hmm. It's about, the, oh, it's forget just, it. Then. I know. No, I know. I know. But I'm just, that's why I wanted to just remove that because that just makes me absolutely sick and we, you know, every, it just goes against everything, even everything that Peter should stand for. Um, you know, it's, it's moral schizophrenia, but I was just wondering what you thought about actually, you know, like confronting children with what they're, what they're eating. Good question. Good question. Um, this is a, uh, I think this is a, um, very, very good topic and I might have to get you on again to, um, really delve into this. I haven't had a lot of experience with children because um, the only children I had any contact with were my friends' kids, um, Natalia and Adrián in New York. And um, I, when I went vegan, I was in the process of working seven days a week and trying to save trying to get out of New York and I was just everything was kind of crazy and I, I did see them maybe twice and I remember Natalia didn't want to eat meat and she's Dominican and they eat a lot of meat and um, her friends her mother and her father are like my brother and sister they're like my blood you know what I mean and they know I went vegan and they knew, but they didn't, superficially they knew. I never really had a chance to go into it with anybody because I was working seven days a week and I was leaving the country and everybody was like, we're going to miss you. And I'm just like, I haven't slept for days and I'm vegan now and my world is just completely changed and I'm a stranger to you all now. Like I'm a stranger now, like I'm just a new person. And so it was like a really strange thing. But I just said to Natalia, don't eat it, don't eat it if you don't want to. And... um I just said that, and their parents, you know, I'm like, I'm like family, so, do you know what I mean, they kind of just, you know, my friends, the father was like, eat it, it's good for you, you know, and I'm like, don't eat it if you don't want to, and they don't care, I mean, they, in the end, they know that they have the ultimate influence, no matter what I say to their kids, they have the ultimate influence, they're the parents, so I think this is a wonderful question there was a new book that was was made by ruby roth which is called that that's why we don't eat animals of course it's promoted by Peter and everything because they jump all over everything so in my personal opinion francis i think that we can promote veganism to children without promoting the horrors of the slaughterhouse without showing them footage of bloody carcasses i think that if we remind them of their of their innate feelings for animals and things like peaceful prairies commentary on on the on the lives of animals and if you talk to children about the animals as personalities and as their their sort of uh you know uh brothers and sisters in this natural world that we live in they're just they just look different well that's sort of how they see them yeah that's how they see them anyway that's how they when they're kids that's how we do see animals Exactly. And they're just as helpless as us. Kids recognize that animals are just as controlled. When you're in a little kid and you're sharing a house with a cat, neither of you get a chance to say what goes on your plate. Neither of you get a chance to say when the lights go out or, you know, when the door gets shut or when you get locked in. So, yeah, I think so. So I I haven't had enough experience of dealing with, with, um, with children and their parents at the same time to really 
give you a, a specific strategy. But I think that if we can avoid, if the parents are going to ban us from ever coming within 50 meters of their kids because we showed them a horrible photo, I think that we can successfully open the kids' minds by talking to them about the morals and the fact that these are living, thinking beings and the fact that we don't need to eat them. And hopefully the parents could allow us to... Jeez, I don't know. What's been your experience with little kids? Um, well, because I, I do have a fair bit of experience with little kids because I've got cousins and oh, and cool. they're quite young and just family, friends and all that. But I was just going to say, um, like just then how we're talking about kids and, and uh, like a child and, and a cat. Like in a lot of movies, you know how you, how you see like a, a black boy and a, and a white girl or vice versa? Um, growing up together as kids in a world where it's really, really racist, like maybe in apartheid South Africa or something. And in the film, like, you know, the, the two children of, you know, totally like in the adult world should be totally separate coming together and, and, you know, like feeling very much, feeling empathy for each other. And there's no discrimination there, but then it shows you, it shows them grow up. And I can't remember what, there's probably a few films. Yeah, there is. I'm trying to think of one. I've seen one. Yeah, but I know I've seen the story play out. Um, and then they grow up and, and the, the adult world and all the discrimination and all the cruelty and all the horrible stuff that goes on there influences the children. And you see how that plays out in the, in the relationship. So I think, I think it's really important that we talk to, talk to young, young kids about it, not, not talk to them and say, not necessarily talk to them and say like, and describe every abuse that goes on, but just like make them, make them aware. So when they, when that, so that they can make a conscious choice, if you know what I mean. Yes. Like, cause if you even, I think even by like the mid teen, mid teen ages, they are, um, they've already sort of passed that, that, that level. Like then they're still more, um, open than a lot of adults, but they're not as open as children. Like children are still forming the way they're going to think about things. And I think they already have that empathy with, with animals. They obviously do. Like you see a, a kid with an animal and, and they love animals. And, um, like that's why they have all the, the petting, the petting zoos and stuff like, uh, you know, I don't agree with that, but that's a place where you, and that, I think the child, the child's not, sitting there thinking, you know, looking at, at the little baby lamb in the, in the petting zoo going, I'm superior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're saying like, Oh, like I've made a new friend or like, you know, like, look at this beautiful picture. It's just like me. And then they grow up and they're eating them and they don't give it a second thought because they've never been confronted with, you know, you, you could go vegan and, and we could end, you know, because like my mum, like as, as much as she is very, very supportive of me and my sisters in being vegan, she really doesn't well she she's firmly against me talking to anyone under 16 about it even though my sister's only 14 13 my youngest sister but yeah she's like you can't talk to anyone under 16 because like they they're not old enough to face it but in my in my view you know like they're already they're already you know partaking in it so i i think they need to be made aware or at least made aware that there is an alternative. Like, and this goes back to what someone, I, I don't remember who it was, made a comment on your blog about 
protesting while people are eating or, or at um, restaurants or whatever. Um, and that's, again, like I think that is – I think it's actually a good thing to do because if people are going to going to do it, they need to be made aware of exactly what they are doing. They're like uh, Carol Adams was saying – I she wrote a book called The Sexual Politics of Meat and I went to see her talk a few weeks ago and she was talking about – her main concern is like um, feminism and animal rights and she was saying – talking about how when we discriminate against uh, women where – like when we objectify women, women become what she calls the absent referent and in when we eat meat – um, or animal products, animals become the absent referent. And I think it's important, like just as when someone says something horrible about, about a woman that objectifies a woman or, a, or a, a, any, anyone, it's important that we don't let the, the, the person they're objectifying um, just stay as an object. We need to show them exactly, you know, like this is what you're talking about. So like when people are eating animal products, we need to say, hang on a minute, you're not eating a bur- you're not eating a burger, you're not eating a schnitzel, you're not e- you're not drinking a nice chocolate milkshake. You are drinking this that comes from this, and that's what that's what it is. You need to be aware and conscious of exactly what it is you're you're doing. Um, and so like this is something that I always try to remind people of when I'm talking to them about veganism. I always say, you know, they'll they'll say, I but I don't really care that much about animals or like I don't, I don't really want to, well, they won't always say this. This is some people. I, I don't really want to help animals or whatever, or not, not in those words, but so much as like, you know, I'm not going to go out of my way to help, you know, but I always, I always try and remind them that veganism is not, it's not so much, I don't think it's so much an, it's, it is a, a form of activism, but it's more a, what it mostly is, I think, is removing yourself from actively participating in the opposite, in, in animal cruelty as, you know, it's a neutral thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, like when you buy an animal product, you are actually directly involving yourself in the abuse of animals. Whereas when you're being vegan, it's not that you're going out of your way or giving money to anything that, you know, is trying to prevent it. It's just that you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. And you can do that. And at the same time, for one thing, I, I think that's an absolutely fantastic way to look at it. Um, what Carol Adams said and what you, you yourself just said about when somebody says something, you don't just sit back and let them get away with it. Represent that voice. It's like a lot of people um, have these they say, you know, speaking for those who cannot speak for themselves. In reality, that's what we're doing because the one thing about animals, uh, non-human animals, is that unlike women, unlike black people, unlike um, Muslims or, 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 or Jews or, or anybody who's been prosecuted, I mean, uh, who's been, sorry, persecuted, Christians have been persecuted in the world, I mean, anything that belongs to any kind of group, they are human and they have the access to their language and they can start a movement, they can start. Animals, they can't. So they really are the most helpless. So I think that that's wonderful what you said about how when you are – that actually really helped me a lot, Francis, and I do appreciate that because I it is really hard, you know, when you've gone vegan and you are 
sitting around and somebody, you know, every single day, every single second of my life, and I just, every single second of our lives we're surrounded by, um, I mean, like my friend right now, she, she doesn't sleep well. She's like, I don't sleep well. I think I've, I'm like, go vegan. But the thing is, I, I do think that that's very important. And, you know, not everybody is able to do that. And I don't want people to feel pressure. I myself am nowhere near as outspoken as you by the sounds of it. I mean, I do my podcasts, but I've never stood in front of a butcher's shop with, you know, you know, a sign saying go vegan and stuff like that. So I think that, I think we all need to be a little braver. And I have mentioned that before in my podcast because it's like, I, I really, really think that we all need to be a little braver. And I don't want to pressure people because I know there are people who are, you know, I, I do believe that if you are vegan, it, it, it does it, it does do good things. But I agree with you, Francis, that we cannot be silenced. And there's a really beautiful quote out there, a beautiful, beautiful quote from Martin Luther King. And it was something about the silence of good people does more damage than, um, you know, the, the loudness of, and I'm going to put the quote on this podcast quote, because I think that we need to be braver and, and the more of us that there are. And I do, I do, um, open my mouth as much as I, as I can. And I say, you know, let's go vegan. It's, it's, it's a constant thing. I mean, if, you know, we can always defend them because if you really open your ears up and listen, there are talks about mouse traps. There are talks about dogs. There's my kid was walking along and there was a dog bite. You know, dog was barking and it's it's a huge part of our lives. And they don't have a voice. You know, we're the only ones. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. So um, I think I distracted you from something that you were just saying, though. Sorry about to go off on that tangent, but you were talking about um, children and how important it is to um, expose them to to the truth. I fully agree with you. Now, can you tell us a little bit about any direct experiences that you've had in any way that could maybe help us to uh, deal with a five-year-old kid who says something like, why don't you eat steak? Or um, Well... Because it's, it's always in the company of adults and no, um, and not vegan adults. So the furthest I've really got is is like someone asking me like, um, like a, a kid, my cousin Gabriel. He he asked me like, well, why are you eating like that funny food? Because I I think I was having beans and and like a bean salad or something like that. And he, you know he asked me like, why are you eating that funny food? And I just said, oh, because this way and it's really healthy and it's good for you. And because I don't, I don't eat anything that comes from an animal. And he says, like, oh, like, like milk and like meat and stuff. And I was like, oh, yes. And he's like, oh, why? And then I just sort of said, because I don't, I don't think we should be using animals for our our own ends. And then it's sort of, you know, sort of just like, oh, so Francis, how's, how's uni going from from the adult? It's but that's that's sort of the furthest I've really gone. Although one, and then I, I remember having a conversation with one of my younger sister's friends a while ago, a couple of years ago. Should have been about like ten or twelve. And she again again said something about I think she was having having something like some like a cheese toasty or something because mum mum still likes to give visitors um, animal products as much as she can because she feels. I don't know. I don't know why she does it. But anyway, um, so 
And then she says, like, oh, why don't you just eat this? I mean, like, you should just eat this. It's only cheese. And then I explained to her what had gone on, and she's like, oh, oh God, like, that's, that's, not, that's not very nice. But then her mum was like, oh, but Francis, come on. I mean, it's necessary for us to eat it. And, you know, and then it turned into a bit of a discussion about, like, the health side of things. And it, it was interesting. But what one of the, this, it just reminds me of one of the things that really annoys me is how people can talk about things and hear things from other people and, and read things in the paper and whatever. But they're so, it takes such um, openness for that person to actually change the way that they look at things and the way that they uh, live their lives. They might read something in the paper and it's sort of like, like smoking. Like people know it's really bad for you. And they all, and, and they'll, smokers, like, like I smoke occasionally. Oh, and, <laughs> you need to stop. Stop, brother. It'll get you in the end. <laughs> Trust me. I know. I know. It'll get you. Stop while you can. <laughs> anyway, but my dad, my dad smokes a lot. And he, and he'll tell me like, you know, like you can't smoke. That's wrong. You shouldn't be smoking. It's really unhealthy. And, and so will my mom. Um, and cause she smokes a little bit as well. And well, she'll say like, oh, like there's this new study, like saying this and there's this new study saying that. And she'll hear about all these things, but she won't change her own habits. She won't, she won't, she'll learn things, but it's almost like it's in the realm of the realm of the intellectual realm or the philosophical realm. It's not in the realm of like, well, maybe I should actually. Well, they, they can rationalize it away. That's why I don't promote as I always go to the ethics because you cannot rationalize away wrongness. You cannot rationalize. Well, Okay, let me rephrase that. You cannot rationalize away torture and suffering and death. You know what I mean? You can rationalize because that's why I don't promote, that's why I don't promote health reasons and that's why I don't promote ecology because you know what? Somebody can be vegan before six o'clock. Have you read all those things? It's like, well, it's really, really unhealthy to eat meat, but every now and then, if I have a steak, I'm still going to be really, really healthy because most of the time I don't eat it. Well, that's not going to help. And then the the, the um, environment. Well, I know it's really, really, really unhealthy for us to do animal agriculture, but if we just do a little bit so that we can have a little bit of meat once a week, oh, it'll help. That's why I don't stress that because we can rationalize away anything. But if you can appeal to the heart, if you can appeal to the heart and people finally realize it because we're not just talking about health and we're not just talking about the environment. We're talking about these, this, you know, this Holocaust. That's why I always go there because you can rationalize away anything. And people do rationalize away the Holocaust. But if you open their mind to, you know, the truth about what we're really doing with the animals ethically, that speaks to something more fundamental than the health issue. I mean, you yourself, you know you shouldn't be smoking, Francis. In fact, I'm going to advise you to really try to stop while you can. But, you know, the the bottom line is is that um, if it was proved to you that smoking, like if you, I mean, you, if you smoke around somebody that you love, you're you're risking giving them cancer. So you can just go outside and not smoke around them. Yeah, it's like if if somehow someone told me that you know smoking 
you know, was causing a huge amount of suffering. I would stop like that. But the health thing isn't enough to make me stop no, like that. Exactly, because you can get away with it. You can get away exactly, with it. Exactly, because I can rationalize away and I can say, look, well, okay, like that's all right. I'll just, I'll just have a few cigarettes or I'll smoke. And-, and you can rationalize away the health issue. That's why I don't push the health issue because the bottom line is I know people who are 100 years old who've eaten meat their whole lives. Yes, yes. That's, but I think it needs to be done in, in conjunction with um, – like when we're talking about vegan education, I think like I, I remember having a conversation with my aunt, one of my aunts, and and she's definitely well, it's a funny thing to say for someone that is that eats meat, but she's an animal lover. I was too. I was too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and you know, she's had like rescued cats and everything. Yeah. And um she was just saying how how much how like great it was that I was vegan and she wished that she could be vegan but you know like she doesn't know where she could get her protein and all this stuff so like she just thought it was great and and really like respected and admired what I was doing but she also needed to be made aware uh, that it was healthy to be vegan so that's why like health and um and the environmental stuff it's really it's important that we do have that as a part it's yeah, it's important. It's important that we stress that it's healthy to be vegan. That's the main thing that I stress. I don't stress that it's unhealthy to eat meat because people can argue for five days on a forum for twenty-five thousand pages. I ignore that. I say, you know what? I don't really care if it's healthy to eat meat or not. I don't think it is, but I don't really care. The bottom line is, it's healthy to be vegan. I need to convince you that it's healthy to be vegan. That's what I need to convince you of. I don't need to convince you that it's unhealthy to eat meat. The alternative is we have this alternative. That's what we need to be concentrating on. So I try to learn about the health benefits, the fact that you can be vegan, rather than trying to learn, learn, even though I have learned a lot inadvertently because it's astonishing actually how unhealthy meat eating is. But, you know, I don't I don't stress that to people because they can argue that. And I want to give them an unarguable position. And the unarguable position is that if you believe that unnecessary suffering is wrong and we have a moral alternative which is that you can be healthy not doing this it is utterly irrelevant to me that you can live to 120 eating the occasional steak and mostly eating chicken and fish and you know you can eat a lot of salads on top of that and you can live to 100 and you can be a marathon runner that's irrelevant to me so I'm going to emphasize what is unarguable and what is unarguable is that we have a moral alternative and therefore that morally we're obligated to take that alternative I'm going to argue that you can be healthy as a vegan you can have a wonderful healthy diet as a vegan you can be whatever you want to be you can be a bodybuilder you can be an athlete or you can just be a normal average person you're not running the risk of any kinds of you know sort of side effects there's no side effects all these myths about vitamin b12 we need to bust there's no difference between taking vitamin b12 from you know a, a plant source or or like a, a tablet which has come from a plant source than there is from eating the rotting meat the difference is the ethical difference so that's why i go there because that's unarguable i'm not going to waste my time trying to convince a nutritionist or a nurse that it's unhealthy to eat meat because she's going to say well you know i eat meat and i'm very healthy my blood pressures this this, and this because i eat a lot of vegetables on top of it do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like you just say you just say you could yeah okay you could live you could live to 100 and be a meat eater or an animal product eater but you could also live to 100 and be vegan so why if if you can do without it and have equal or better health why why not do it exactly that's the unarguable point is that 
it's wrong, and this is why it's wrong. Now, obviously, I do very much enjoy um, the fact that diabetes sufferers and obesity sufferers can be greatly helped by going vegan. I have a personal friend who had irritable bowel syndrome. It's a terrible syndrome. It affects your life horribly. She went vegan, and it cured it. Unfortunately... She only went vegan for that reason, and once it got cured, she went back to eating the occasional animal product. Do you know why? Because if she's the occasional animal product, she can still live without irritable bowel syndrome. But the bottom line is she's still participating in horrific suffering, so that's why I don't even go there. Because people, like if you promote, like that's why Adam, Adam Kahanowitz, he calls it the slippery um, slope. Because, you know, you take somebody and you've fully convinced them that it's absolutely horrific for their health to eat meat. And I actually do believe that. But if they're at a party and they're not thinking about the ethics and they haven't had a burger for six weeks and somebody says, just have a burger, they're going to have that burger. Whereas myself, you know, even if I was starving, if I was put in prison, I would go on a hunger strike if they didn't give me vegan food because that is the unarguable argument. I cannot argue against the ethics. That's why I always promote that. The health benefits are a perk and it's very useful to know and I do love having the knowledge and I always inform people of that but the bottom line is it's not enough because every now and then you could have a piece of chicken or you could have a steak and you could still be, you know, really, really healthy because you mostly eat vegetables. You can be these, you know, you can be these um, these foodies that are on the website that are vegans after 9 o'clock at night or mostly you know mostly vegan or there's some there's some website now called mostly vegan i'm sure they're very healthy francis i'm sure that their blood pressure is great and that i could say only every now and then eat an animal product but you know what it's horrific so that's why i don't go there because you can do it a little bit just like smoking i just say like um you know at the end of the day we have a choice i think we just have to show people that they you know they can live healthily uh, as a as a vegan, and that it, that's the moral alternative, and they we have an, a moral obligation to to um, to do that. I totally agree. Cool. I absolutely agree, and um, all I can say to you, Francis, right now is um, thank you for coming on. It's always wonderful to have you on. We're going to have you back because I do want to talk about um, the other part of um, some of the issues that were raised with regard to uh, doing a protest in front of KFC. I do want to get into that. We'll get on that next time you come on um, and I'll bring you back on to go into that further because I think that's also relevant and the fact that you've had experience with a lot of activism will help us to know why you've chose to do that because you are promoting abolition. Um, The only other thing I'm going to say to you is um, as a um, person who's twice your age, please, please, please don't smoke. <laughs> Do yourself okay. a favor. Don't get addicted to smoking. Don't get addicted to smoking. I won't I get addicted. It. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it, I can't help it. I feel like an older sister or something to you. And I'm kind of like, look, I just, you know, I have, I really think you're a wonderful person. And, you know, I'm not telling you what to do or how to live, but. I just, I'm just trying to offer you some friendly advice that, as a, as a direct experience, learn from my experience, and uh, don't get addicted to smoking. <laughs> but 
But um, that was that was. I'm just I'm just kidding. You know, you you'll do what you want. You're an adult, but um, no, I really mean it. <laughs> I really do. Um, but hey, um, thank you so much as always for coming back on and um for addressing the commentaries. And um, we have some other things that we didn't get to, so we'll definitely get the onto that again soon. Um, I'm gonna post the um web the links to your website and everything. But if you just want to sort of go ahead and give out the links, um, please do so. Okay, uh, just at the moment, it's best to go to www.alv.org.au and the other, the easiest way to get get active with Animal Liberation Youth, you'll have to be in Melbourne, but because that's where all our, all our activism is based, uh, you can look us up on Facebook, so it's just Animal Liberation Youth. Um, type that and search it on Facebook. Oh, cool. I'll definitely be doing that as well. Okay, so we will have you back soon and say hi to Zoe. Yep. And um, you guys take care in the meantime and we will definitely uh, be talking again. You too, Elizabeth. All right. Thanks for having me. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.